Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple months, you've heard all about the GameTime app and how it can save you serious cash on last-minute tickets to sports, concerts, all types of shows. One cool feature of that app, I'm looking at it right now, checking out a couple of these bowl venues, is that not only will it show you prices for tickets all over the stadium, it'll show you a view from the seats you want to purchase so you can get an idea of uh, sort of what angle you'll actually have on the play in front of you. Uh, And then it's a quick and easy checkout process from there once you decide. And now GameTime is hooking you up for the holidays with $10 credit. Here's what to do. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on the My Tickets section of the app. Create an account. Then under the Billing section, redeem code THEATHLETIC. Once again, that's THEATHLETIC, all one word, for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money, people. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem the code, and it expires at the end of the year. That's December 31st, 2019. So make moves quick and score last-minute tickets. This is the Athletics Prospects to Pros podcast. I'm Chris Burke, joined by Dane Brugler and our producer, Kent Garrison. Uh, got a lot to get into here as we're recording on uh, New Year's Eve. Hope you're all having a safe and happy holiday season. A uh, bunch more bowl games um, kicking off in a, a few hours after we record here, but we've got a ton to talk about uh, already, including the college football semifinals. Uh, quick mention before we get going, if you head over to theathletic.com slash prospects to pros, you can get 40% off. I, uh, your subscription to the site, which gets you access to everything on theathletic.com, as well as all of our podcasts. We usually do a second subscriber-only uh, podcast uh, most weeks, uh, so that gets you access to that as well. Make sure you get over there if you haven't done that yet. And uh, with that, I welcome in Dane, because we got, uh, I don't even know the official count of bowl games we have to <laughs> get through, but it's in the 20s. Uh, certainly been a lot of uh, pretty entertaining games so far. And uh, at least one of the two semifinal games was entertaining. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, that that uh, Clemson-Ohio State game did not let us down. I mean, we no. went in with high expectations and didn't disappoint. Um, I mean, I think the only way it disappointed is if you're an Ohio State fan. Uh, because it, it was – I mean, I, this is my takeaway. I don't. You might feel differently. I felt like Ohio State was the better team. Uh, and it felt like there were so many moments where they could have put the game away. Uh, you know, a lot of those red zone trips that ended up being field goals instead of touchdowns. You know, J.K. Dobbins dropping uh, that touchdown uh, on that screen pass. Uh, he had a, almost had a diving catch on another one. I wouldn't call that a drop necessarily. Um, the targeting on Sean Wade, uh, which by letter of the law, it's targeting. Um, now, it's a dumb rule that he should be ejected for that, but it was, you know, letter of the law, the correct call. Now, if he goes an inch lower and hits him, that's a third down play. Clemson's punting. And, you know, just so many moments in that game felt like if it went Ohio State's way. Um, I mean, even that uh, the the final um, punt where it hit the Clemson uh the 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 player uh, in the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter, he didn't see it coming, it, but he's able to recover it. I mean, even something like that, where it just if it just went a different way for Ohio State, it, you know, Ohio State wins that game. So, uh, but credit to Trevor Lawrence and and that offense because uh, they, especially with what Trevor Lawrence did with his legs, that was really impressive and something that 
we knew he's athletic, but we didn't see him do that enough uh, throughout the season just because he didn't have to. Uh, but it was something that Travis Etienne had like 36 yards rushing, but they used him in the screen game. Uh, he had, what, three catches, two touchdowns, 96 yards, 98 yards, something like that. And what Trevor Lawrence did with his legs uh, really stressed what Ohio State's, uh, Ohio State's game plan. So uh, Clemson moves on and now have a chance to play for a national title for, uh, you know, it seems like uh, it's been the, the trend the last uh, four or five years. Yeah, the uh, I, I agree with pretty much everything you said. I think it sort of had that feel, even when Ohio State was up, you know, it was 16 to nothing, but it felt like it should be a lot more. And it kind of mm-hmm. reminded me actually of the uh, – uh, Ohio State Penn State game this year when James Franklin kept like punting from the Ohio State 40 you're like well eventually <laughs> eventually this right. is going to catch up to you and it sort of had that feeling where you just you knew Clemson was going to get going at some point maybe not to the point where they ripped off you know 29 points and came back to one but you knew that that game was going to tighten up because Ohio State kind of left the door open and then um, like you said I mean so many people talking about that targeting call because a, it kept that drive alive, and then Clemson scores, and that sort of kick-started the rally. But also, you take Sean Wade out of the lineup, and that's a huge yeah. loss for that Ohio State secondary, which I think we saw, uh, you know, they felt that the rest of that game. So that was a big, big turning point. Um, you know, the rule is – I mean, I'm with you there, too. It's just such a – I hate that rule. I, I really mm-hmm. wish they'd adjust and, and go – um, either to what they do with unsportsmanlike conducts where you get two and then you're gone or the you know the NFL has a similar uh, sort of setup it just feels like such a huge punishment to give up 15 yards and um, lose a guy for the game especially when it's a play like that I mean it almost feels like I saw someone tweet that they almost need to tweak it to be like uh, flagrant one flagrant two in the NBA like if right. there's intent to injure you throw a guy out of the game if he's trying to sack the quarterback and lowers his head and they just happen to make contact because the quarterback spins into him, uh, throw the flag, but man, it's, that's pretty rough to lose a guy like that. So yeah, that was a huge turning point. Um, ETN, uh, you mentioned him, um, man, that burst he has when he gets some space is ridiculous. And he had showed it off on one of those touch, one of those long plays, just, you know, he, he can go from zero to 60 in a heartbeat. Um, I, I think there's a lot of discussion to be had, and maybe this is where we can go next on the other side uh, with Ohio State because, you know, I, I think people came out of that wondering a little bit more than maybe they had in the past about Chase Young and with a lot more hype on Jeffrey Okuda, who's a guy we've been talking up as a top 10, top five pick anyway, but Okuda was really good in that game. Uh, and Chase Young now has had... I think there was more. I think he made more impact in that game than people are giving him credit for. There certainly were a bunch of plays where Trevor Lawrence felt him coming and adjusted the pocket or got out and ran, uh, and he helped. I think probably set up a couple of those plays for the interior lineman of Ohio State. But uh, you know, that's three games in a row: Michigan, Wisconsin, uh, Clemson, where he doesn't show up a ton on the stat sheet. So. Um, I guess we'll start there. What's your? Is there any concern for you? I guess over Chase Young and over sort of the, where we've had him all year as you know prospect one two in this draft. No, none, absolutely none. And and I think that it, a lot of uh, you know fans will look at the stat sheet and say, oh, zero sacks. You know, like, where where was Chase Young in this game? And 
I mean, it, it, when you watch that game, you see how Clemson is adjusting what they do to scheme away from him. Um, I, there, there were a few times where Jackson Carmen, uh, the left tackle, did a nice job and uh, kind of shut him down, either you know, rounding the edge or shutting down whatever moves he threw at him. But there were also a lot of times, majority of the time, where they're running away from him. They are uh, you know, moving the pocket, they're sending an extra blocker to that side to help chip or just help to have a, a backup plan. So, I mean, Clemson knew that they had to shut down uh, Chase Young and, you know, make the other uh, members of the Ohio State defensive line beat them, and they weren't able to do it um, consistently. So, yeah, and, and I agree about Akuti. He had a great game, uh, a really, really outstanding game, and it's uh, really the Ohio State secondary, I thought, did a nice job as a whole. Uh, I thought they should have had that uh, touchdown on that fumble, which somehow they uh, reversed and called an incomplete pass. That was a, a mind-boggling call. But I thought the Ohio State secondary had a pretty good game. Just really, it came down to some of those screen passes to ETN, and they could not corral uh, Trevor Lawrence. If Trevor Lawrence is a 4'7 athlete and not a 4'6 athlete, then, you know, some of those runs don't happen. Um, but he just, he was fast enough to outpace the Ohio State linebackers. And uh, that that proved to be enough. So, I you know, I think Ohio State, um, nothing, I think the only thing that maybe changed for me in terms of uh, swaying me is I only like J.K. Dobbins more, and I already loved him. <laughs> right. uh, he's just a warrior. I mean, the dude, could, he, he had to sit down on that one play when he came back because he, I think it was the first play out of halftime because he couldn't move his ankle. And he leaves the field. He comes back after getting it taped and worked on. And, uh, I mean, what a warrior performance by him. He was clearly not 100%, but he was still giving it everything he had. And, you know, uh, 60%. J.K. Dobbins was still better than, uh, you know, Master Teague out there. So, um, you know, I, I think that was just another domino. And what led to the Ohio or to the Clemson win was J.K. Dobbins not being 100 uh, percent. But I mean, I already think Dobbins is a top three running back in this class. And that only, um, you know, verified what I think most of us already thought. Yeah, I mean, I, I've talked about him uh, a lot on this show. I think he's for me, he's a guy that I. I think if a team ends up with him even as high as running back one or two, like that wouldn't mm -hmm. shock me. Like I think, and it, there's some challenge, as we've mentioned before, there's some challenge in doing the evaluation of his because even against Clemson, some of those holes that he was running through are just immense holes where, you know, you're expecting him to get mm -hmm. some big gains, but you still see the vision, you still see the cuts, the speeds there. I mean, he's a big guy. He looks like he's built to. To sort of handle the wear and tear, if you want to make him your your number one guy in the NFL, like he is, he's legit. I mean, the running back talent of that game, like I said, ETN, a different style of guy, but um, certainly there's going to be teams out there that really like what he can add uh, as a dimension out of the backfield. As you said, he had a good game receiving, which only helps, I'm sure, his uh, stock a bit. Uh, and there was just talent everywhere. I mean, T. Higgins was banged up, but. Um, you know, sort of played through it. We saw him make a couple catches. Uh, Damon Arnett is a is a cornerback that I think a lot of teams are going to like too on Ohio State side. Um, Simmons for <laughs> Clemson. I mean, it was ridiculous the amount of talent on the field. Uh, I just want real quick on Okuda. Um, sort of selfishly going to ask you to do a little bit of my homework for me now that the Lions are <laughs> on the clock at number three. Um, assuming Burrow goes one to Cincinnati. 
and probably Chase Young goes too, unless the team's trading up and gets really desperate for whichever quarterback would be too. Chase Young goes too. Is Jeffrey Okuda a number three pick in the NFL draft for you? I mean, if the Lions take him at three, is that way out of line with where his value is? No, I don't think so. Um, I, I think that, and that something that we should probably touch on a little bit later is the we we have the top twenty draft order for yeah um, those that are not aware. Uh, but yeah, like you mentioned, it's the Bengals and the Redskins at one two, and I think a lot of people expect the draft to start at number three uh, because uh, you know, like you said, with Burrow one and Chase Young expected to go two. Uh, the Lions sitting there at number three, which direction do they go? I think Jeffrey Okuda is absolutely in a discussion, um, you know, if not one of the favorites to be that pick. You know, we know not only do the Lions have a need at the cornerback spot, but you could also argue that Okuda is one of the, uh, you know, besides Joe Burrow and Chase Young, Okuda is one of the other few that was mentioned that, or that could be mentioned in the conversation of being a top five pick in terms of caliber of talent, in terms of upside, and in terms of impact at the right position. So um, I think Okuda is absolutely in this discussion. He's a guy that has the size, the length, the athletic traits, uh, the foot quickness. Uh, he's more physical uh, than I think you expect. He's an explosive tackler. Um, he has the closing speed that you're looking for. Um, there, you know, he's, there are areas where he needs to improve, uh, you know, cleaning up his footwork a little bit, just in terms of his transition technique, um, needs to, uh, you know, this is his first year as a, as a starter. And so there are some, um, you know, different tendencies in, in routes that he needs to understand and recognize to better, uh, you know, read and anticipate what routes are coming. Um, uh, there were Nico Collins did a pretty nice job on him as a blocker. So just play strength, getting off blocks, things like that. So, uh, not a perfect prospect by any means, but he has what you cannot coach and teach and fix. And so, uh, you know, give me a guy like Okuda somewhere in the top six or seven picks. Uh, and I think he's going to be a good pro. So, uh, you know, I think at three, that would make, uh, plenty of sense for Detroit. Yeah, he had that one play, I think it was an ETN run, where he uh, got off a block on the outside and lowered his shoulder and just laid a lick in the run game. And like that sort of play stands out too, I think, in his... Uh, you, know, you want that physicality on the outside. Mm -hmm. He obviously brings it as a pass defender, but to show it as a run defender too is only going to help his stock. Um, and any of these other guys that we haven't talked about as much in this game that that you like as maybe a sleeper prospect? Malik Harrison, I think it's headed to the Senior Bowl. Uh yeah, uh, love, for Ohio love State, uh, Chad Smith had 12 tackles for um, Clemson. Kevon Wallace had a sack. I mean, any of these other guys that we haven't really hit on a ton that you think could be a surprise for a team, you know, picking day two, day three, that really stands out next year? Love Malik Harrison. I think he's um, I, my number two senior linebacker. Uh, Zach Bond's number one Wisconsin linebacker. And then Malik Harrison's number two. Uh, he is a big physical athlete. Um, I don't think people realize how well he's going to test. Uh, you know, he's going to jump really well. The 40 is going to be great. He's just a highly physical guy. Um, and he's a high school quarterback who made the transition and he's made it pretty well. And I still think he's growing in terms of his recognition skills, diagnose skills. Uh, but he's still pretty good. So I think he's going to go top 100. Devon Hamilton, the nose tackle for Ohio State, same type of deal. He's uh, a guy that's worked himself into that top 100 range. Uh, Jordan Fuller, the safety for Ohio State. I don't, I don't think he's, you know, the the three corners with Sean Wade and Okuda and Arnett. They've all got a chance to go in the top 40. Um, you know, with uh, Okuda going as high as the top 
top five, top seven, uh, Sean Wade, maybe even the top 20, uh, but our net's right there in the top 40 mix as well. Uh, Fuller is not in that conversation. Uh, he's a day three guy, uh, but he is a, you know, the makeup, the intangibles are off the charts. Um, on the field, he's a little too conservative of a, of a player. He's not freaky as an athlete. And so, you know, I think he's going to be more of a backup piece, uh, but he's going to be a guy that's going to get, uh, going to get drafted late and he's going to be a hard guy to cut because coaches are going to love what he brings to the field with his leadership and his intelligence and the way he carries himself. So that'll be a big selling point for him. Um, for, for Clemson, you know, a guy that I don't love, but I think that he's going to stick in the NFL for a long time is Tanner Muse. Um, I, I, he's kind of a linebacker safety a tweener, uh, not a hybrid, but a tweener. Like he's not like Simmons is a is a hybrid where uh, Isaiah Simmons could play linebacker, can play safety, can play slot corner. Can, he's a hybrid who could play all those positions. Tanner Muse is is that's a difference. He, he's not a hybrid where he could play any of those positions. He's kind of a tweener where he's in between. He's not a true linebacker and he's not a true safety. He's kind of in between. And so I question about his fit at the next level, but I think he's going to be a special team star. Um, and you know, we saw him, he chased down, uh, JK Dobbins on one of those long runs. That was another one of those pivotal plays If JK Dobbins scores on that long run, completely different game. Uh, because I think they ended up kicking a field goal after that, but Tanner Muse was able to chase him down and, and make a play. So again, I question if he's going to be, you know, find a regular home as um, anything more than a sub package player. But I think as, especially as a special teamer, he is a guy that's really going to carve out a long uh, NFL career for himself. Well, we swing over to the other uh, semifinal game, LSU, Oklahoma. Um, Looked like Oklahoma might settle down and make it a game for a bit. And then LSU just blew the doors off that thing before (laughs) halftime, as they have done so many times. You know, Jalen Hurts kind of under siege early on, looked like he was struggling to get a feel for that LSU defense. And, um, you know, obviously we still haven't seen too much evidence that this LSU offense can be stopped. Joe Burrow, uh, seven touchdown passes in a college football semifinal, uh, 493 Crazy. yards. Uh, and again, it's you got to give credit to the guys around him, too, that offensive line, the play calling, certainly the wide receivers. I mean, Justin Jefferson went off, uh, has had just an incredible year. I saw um, uh, Ben Fennell, who does some. Uh, film work for us at the Athletic Wisconsin gave him a uh, Keenan Allen comp uh, on mm-hmm. Twitter, um, and like that's it. a guy that I mean, you got to be thinking that's a maybe a round one guy at this point. Certainly round two, right after what he's done this year. I mean, they can't. I can't imagine Justin Jefferson getting too deep into this draft given what he's done and sort of the skill set that he's shown off. Yeah, I agree. And, and the big question with Jefferson is just speed. And so that matches up well with uh, with like a Keenan Allen where, you know, he didn't run a great 40-yard dash. And um, But with Jefferson, the other question will be is, is he still going to have the same impact outside? Because uh, he was almost exclusively a slot receiver for LSU this year in that offense. Now, he played outside last year, so you have to go back to the sophomore tape to see him out there, but that, that is something that will be mentioned, uh, you know, with his scouting report, but everything else, you just love it. The way he, his toughness is what jumps off uh, the film. Uh, the way that he's fearless over the middle of the field, he'll break tackles. He does have some savvy to him as a route runner. Uh, some of that short area quickness where he can create separation at the stem of routes. 
Um, I, he's a finisher, um, and you know he uses a little bit of that route hesitation so he can get on top of routes. That's something we saw in uh, against Oklahoma uh, in the slot where uh, it wasn't just blazing speed; it was more uh, some some savviness to him that allowed him to stack the corner, get vertical, and create some of that late separation. So, uh, yeah, Jefferson, and it, it just speaks to the talent level of this wide receiver class where. Jefferson, I think, is probably expected to be a second-round pick yeah, just because uh, he's not going to run a, a, an amazing time. And so sure. it just speaks to the depth of this wide receiver class, which we've been saying you know, since the summer, how amazing of a group this is going to be. And he just adds to it, uh, you know, maybe a name that we haven't talked about enough. So he had a terrific game, uh, and, and crazy how most of it was in the first half. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but I was screaming at the at – the, uh, at the screen when they were running a QB sneak with Joe Burrow in yeah, the mid third quarter up 30, 40 points. I mean, just gosh, <laughs> I, I, I'm not an LSU fan, but I want to see Joe Burrow healthy for the national title yeah, game. Like you let, and everyone in Cincinnati yes. yelling at him <laughs> exactly. out of the game. Exactly. There are people listening to this podcast who have Joe Burrow jerseys already. I, I promise you that uh, it, Cincinnati fans, I should say. Uh, so, you know, this is it. it and look, Oklahoma, where do you think Oklahoma ranks in terms of the the most talented teams that LSU has faced this year? Third, fourth, fifth? I mean, I, yeah, I, you figure Alabama is a better team. Sure. Um, I think Auburn's a better team. Um, Florida's Florida? debatable, and yeah. Georgia's debatable. Uh, you yeah. know, I, I it's and that's and I'm not trying to just you know crap on Oklahoma here. I'm just. It's really, there was just a mismatch from the start. Oklahoma has a few really good players. Uh, and I mean really good. C.D. Lamb is wide receiver one for me. Love C.D. Lamb. Uh, Kenneth Murray is an outstanding linebacker. I think he's he's my number two linebacker behind only Isaiah Simmons. Uh, the play speed, the competitive energy that Kenneth Murray brings to the field is outstanding. Um, now, he's not a perfect prospect. There's some, you know... Some some issues with him sorting things out, his diagnosed skills, uh, but as a guy that can just hit and run, uh, the play speed, the sideline to sideline range is uh, well above average. So I think he's got a very good chance to land in the first round. Um, and so o- Oklahoma has some guys, there's no question, but Jalen Hurts is just, I mean, I think it showed why Jalen Hurts should not be mentioned anywhere close to the first round. Um, you know, I don't think he's a lock for the top 100 picks. Uh, because he's just there are so many issues with him as a passer that really limit that offense if if the if the running game isn't there. Um, so you know I, he can Jalen Hurts can you know have a nice deep ball, especially when he's throwing a CD Lamb. Uh, but if the run game isn't there to set up those passes, then it's going to be a long long day for that Oklahoma offense, and they just don't have enough on defense to get the job done. Neville Gallimore is another one. I think I think yeah. Neville Gallimore is a top 50 pick who has a chance to be a first round pick. He's going to test off the charts at the combine. Uh, so Oklahoma has a few nice pieces. They just aren't there collectively as a team from top to bottom. Yeah. I mean, Gallimore showed up a couple times in that game. It's just uh, against a really know. good center too. Cushionberry. Right. Yeah. If Cushionberry declares, which I think he will, he might be the first center drafted. So, I mean, he, he did that quickness that Gallimore plays with. Uh, he did a really nice job against a really good center. Yeah, like you said, though, just really overmatched. And without Ronnie Perkins, uh, who was suspended, their pass rusher, I mean, mm-hmm. it, not not that that would have made a 
you know, 35 point difference, but certainly <laughs> you don't want to be down uh, one of your better guys up front facing that offense. Uh, you know, Hertz is, Hertz is interesting. We've sort of come back to him a few times. It sounds like, um, you know, it sounds like Jim Nagy's hopeful that he'll be at the senior bowl. I think you could Should put be. him on the li- list of, I mean, he'd be on the list of guys that would have the most to gain on Absolutely. those rosters. Right. I mean, just because of w- the position he plays and, and some of the upside we have seen, like if he goes down there and has a really good week and, and does well uh, with, in those interviews with teams, I mean, there's a chance that he um, kind of, I don't want to say skyrockets, but certainly gets back up into this mix of kind of the second tier quarterbacks. Once we get past those first tier guys, I mean, I think that, there, there's that opportunity for him, and even compared to some of the other quarterbacks that have already committed to uh, the Senior Bowl, obviously Jordan Love's got uh, an opportunity to do some things there too. But um, you know, Hertz, uh, it'd be a big mistake, I think, for him not to go at this point. I mean, there's no reason for him to skip that game unless there's some injury or something we don't know about, right? Yeah, hundred percent. And everything with Jalen Hurts points to him being a highly competitive guy who you know when he showed up at Oklahoma he said don't give me the job I want to compete for it you know blah 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 all that stuff so you know I think everything that we've heard on Jalen Hurts and his intangibles matches up with him going and competing and you know I, I think that he if he goes he has a lot to gain like you said because if he goes and has a great week of practice all of a sudden the narrative changes to well Lincoln Riley didn't allow him to You know, they didn't put a lot of passing concepts into the offense. They wanted to focus on him running the ball. And, uh, you know, they didn't really uh, develop him as a passer and things like that. That, That's what the narrative will change to if he goes to the senior bowl and has a great week. So that's what he should be doing Um, because there are a lot. There are teams that I mentioned this a few weeks ago and I got some backlash on Twitter. But it's it's uh, I'm not making this up. It's fact. I have talked to teams that. Do not see him as a quarterback at the NFL. And this is not a Lamar Jackson situation. And that was mentioned on the broadcast during the game. And I get it. It's filler. You got to you gotta fill airtime. But Todd Blackledge is a smart guy. Uh, you know, he's smarter than that. that Lamar Jackson and, and Jalen Hurt, they're not similar players. They're not, and not just, they're both dual threat guys. That's where the comparison, that's where it ends. Um, there are different styles of player. There are different skill levels of player. I mean, there are just so many differences between these two guys. They should not be in the same sentence. And so I understand like saying, you know, Baltimore should draft them to be the backup and things like that. I, I get why people are saying that, but they should not compare them and say, well, uh, people doubted Lamar Jackson. Jalen Hurts is going to do the same thing. And that's just it, it's apples and oranges and it really shouldn't be talked about. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really, um, I don't know if insulting is the right word, but like it sort of undersells just how good Lamar Jackson was as a as a passer even in college. Right. And, and people, you know, everyone kind of got hung up on the the dual threat thing and um, and uh, just, the, you know, the athleticism and the scheme that, that they might need. And I, I think we... It was kind of easy to forget just how good he was as a as a pure quarterback, even heading into the NFL. So, um, I, I the Senior Bowl is still we're still waiting on at least two and probably four more quarterbacks to accept. Jalen Hurts seems like would be one. Uh, another of those guys that might be in the mix played Monday night. Uh, <laughs> Bryce Perkins is a lot of fun to watch play college football. 
I don't know he what is. his NFL future is. Um, I mean, he could be a senior bowl candidate. Uh, <laughs> what'd you think of the, uh, Did you get a chance, I guess, to watch that Florida Virginia game? What'd you think of his performance? And then if, uh, you know, some of those guys on Florida, obviously, uh, there's some talent there that's headed to the next level. Yeah, no question. And I, I think it Perkins shows spurts of just brilliance, you know, like it's, it does, it's not consistent, but there are spurts of it. And I think that's, it's really intriguing. Um, I think he's, He's, I don't think he's any more than a late-round guy, PFA guy, just because he is so inconsistent. But, um, yeah, he, he is a player that, you know, should be at one of these All-Star games to show what he can do. Um, and when you look at the Senior Bowl roster, right now what we have four confirmed quarterbacks, I think. So Jordan yep. Love, Anthony Gordon, um, Montez and Patterson. So you figure, I mean, obviously Joe Burrow, um, Jalen Hurts, and Justin Herbert have invites, so that's three more. But let's just say, for argument's sake, that Burrow doesn't go, Herbert and Hurts go. So that's six. There are two more spots. And, uh, you know, I I think Nate Stanley um, is uh, a prime candidate. I think that Brian Lewerke is uh, guys I'd rather see, um, but Perkins both is somewhere those guys on that list. Went out, uh, both those guys went out with pretty good performances, too. They did. Yeah, they did. Uh, no question. And uh, bowl wins for the Big Ten. And they both have a lot of the, kind of the prototypical skills that you're looking for, the quarterback position who might have been stuck in an offense that didn't allow them to show it all the time. So um, I would love to see those two quarterbacks um, at the Senior Bowl as well. Well, to see. It really, I think the... The variable is going to be what do you know the quarterbacks at the top do with Herbert and Hurts and Burrow. Um, that, that's really what's going to be the domino effect that changes things. Uh, but back to that Florida-Virginia game, uh, I think a lot of people learned about LaMichael uh, Pirine that maybe didn't know a lot about him before. Uh, Samaje Pirine's cousin, the former Oklahoma running back. Uh, but LaMichael is, uh, he's a top three senior running back in this class. Uh, I think Zach Moss is one. And then it just all depends on who you like between P. Ryan and Vaughn from Vanderbilt. Uh, that That's your top three uh, senior running backs right there. And so P. Ryan is a guy who is, I don't know if he has necessarily, uh, Virginia made him look a, maybe a little bit better than he is, but he doesn't have maybe that one difference making trait, but he's just, he's very well-rounded. Uh, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's good in pass pro. Uh, you see a little bit of juice in, in his runs. He runs with power and balance. There's some patience to him. So I don't know if that he's necessarily going to test off the charts or, you know, but I, I think he's he is a, a well-rounded guy who is reliable and somewhere in early day three, fourth, fifth round, I think a team's going to get really good value with him. Well, that's, uh, obviously there are a lot more bowl games between the last time we recorded and now uh, just uh, were there a handful of guys that maybe stood out for you or anyone that surprised you over the last you know week or so as these uh, these bowl games happen? Yeah, you meant we, we talked about Lewerke and kind of how um, he how hey, he looked good in his final game um, against a, a Wake Forest team that I thought was going to win that game. Um, yeah. you know, there's some questions about. Jamie Newman, does he come out? Does he go back? Hopefully he goes back to school. Um, uh, but Lewerke kind of outplayed him. So that was good to see. Uh, you know, Notre Dame beating up on uh, Iowa State. I think that was a little expected. Um, uh, Alohi Gilman, the safety for uh, Notre Dame, declared. 
that is an interesting uh, safety prospect who teams are going to love the makeup, the competitiveness, um, the anticipation that he plays with, the smarts, but he just doesn't have the speed, doesn't have the length. So, uh, you know, you kind of have to bet that he's going to be able to mask some of those physical deficiencies, which a lot of teams won't be, uh, that's something they won't be willing to bet on. Um, now for Notre Dame, all the attention goes to Cole Komet, who 50, 50, I'm told, uh, whether he comes out or goes back. So it's kind of like a lot of people in the NFL are telling him to come out because he would be tight end one in this class. Um, and there's on the other side, a lot of people, Notre Dame saying, come back to school, become a first rounder. So he's kind of torn on what he's going to do. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see what happens with Komet. And that's, that'll have a big impact because like, he's going to shoot to tight end one if he declares. Um, and so we'll have to see what he decides to do. Uh, I think that that Penn State Memphis game was fun. A lot of back and forth. Yeah. Did you get a chance to check out that one? Yeah, that was a good one. I mean, I kind of, I wasn't sure how high scoring it would be. I had a feeling just because of how Memphis tends to play the games that it would be up there right. a little bit. I didn't know uh, if they'd be able to, I, I didn't know how explosive Penn State would look offensively but certainly yeah that was a fun one uh good back and forth there um and penn state coming out on top uh yeah that that was one of the more enjoyable ones so far i think yeah that, that definitely was a lot of fun I, we haven't heard from kj hamler yet if he's going yeah. to uh come back or uh, he's only a redshirt sophomore so you know he could come back uh or if he's gonna go back to or if he's gonna leave for the nfl i think he's a uh, top 40, top 50 pick, uh, maybe even a first rounder. I mean, Marquise Brown went uh, in the first round. I think similar range for him possibly. Um, and then, you know, we had so many good games uh, coming up here on New Year's Day um, with uh, the Rose Bowl and uh, a lot of these different games. So still have a lot of fun bowl games, but I did want to get your thoughts real quick before we uh, sign off on the national title game. And we'll have a, a podcast before then to kind of go more in depth, but just your early thoughts on uh, the national uh, title championship game before, between uh, Clemson and LSU. I, I mean, LSU, <laughs> it's going to be hard to pick against them in that game just because they've been such a, a steamroller all year. And again, you kind of wonder, uh, is anyone going to be able to figure out how to slow down that offense? It sounds, I mean, Joe Brady, now there's some uh, talk that maybe he could jump to the next level. I know that's been uh, in the conversation um, for a little bit now, but uh, kind of linked to um, Ravens defensive coordinator uh, Martindale, who um, getting some head coaching uh, looks. So uh, curious to see if that is a distraction in any way. I can't imagine it would be. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it obviously comes down to that LSU, finding some way to stop that LSU offense. But if you get that Trevor Lawrence, who if Trevor Lawrence plays the way he did the last, you know, 35 minutes of that game against Ohio State, Clemson's going to have a shot. That's really, um, you know, kind of simplifying it to make that the key, to make the quarterback play the key. But Trevor Lawrence, we've seen, is a guy that can elevate that team to national championship levels. And if he plays the way he did down the stretch against Ohio State, uh, they certainly Clemson has the the horses to hang with LSU if that turns into a track meet. Yeah, I think you're right, and there's going to be a lot of talent versus a lot of talent, uh, just like you know the Ohio State Clemson game. And uh, I'm interested to see 
ETN, uh, who's a Louisiana kid, uh, who, you know, one of the few examples of a guy who grew up in Louisiana and signed outside the SEC. Uh, you know, sometimes we see uh, Louisiana guys go to Alabama or, you know, but rarely do we see them get outside the SEC and uh, ETN's an example of that. And so to see what he can do against uh, his home state program, uh, that'll be interesting. And then also want eager to see on the outside, uh, AJ Terrell, who's, I don't think we, we, we haven't talked enough about him. He's one of the better corners in this class. If he declares, uh, go, seeing him going up against, uh, you know, uh, Chase, who won the Blitnikoff Award, um, seeing what that uh, that Clemson secondary can do uh, against just a ridiculous uh, receiving core and a quarterback who is not afraid to challenge you. Uh, Joe Burrow will not be afraid to uh, go at any one of uh, the defensive backs in that Clemson roster. So that is going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of storylines in this one, uh, but yeah, we, we'll have a lot of, we have to wait until the 13th, yeah. two weeks <laughs> before we see that one. So uh, we'll, we'll have time to go more in depth on that matchup. Yeah. And the other side too, I mean, we talked about that LSU secondary a ton and you got, yeah. you know, T Higgins is, is going to be in the NFL. Justin Ross, a really good wide receiver. How do they even deal with ETN coming out of the backfield? Is that falling on their, you know, their linebackers and how much are they going to need? Uh, their safeties to come down and help there. So, uh, yeah, that'll be – it's going to be a good X's and O's game. A lot of talent on the field again, obviously, there too. Um, any – as we wrap up here, any other games you're looking forward to over the next couple days? we got five on New Year's Eve. we got a bunch uh, New Year's Day and then sort of the uh, the filler games, I guess, after that <laughs> until uh, until uh, the national championship game. But anything jump out for you on the on the schedule the rest of the way? Well, yeah, I mean, Michigan, Alabama, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think that uh, Oregon and Wisconsin, Minnesota, Auburn, I mean, New Year's Day is really going to be a fun one with uh, all the games we have there. I think it's it's a little bogus that Michigan, Alabama and Auburn, Minnesota are at the same time, which I mean, come on, you can't figure out a way to break that up. It's just kind of ridiculous. Um but, you know, we do have some good games still left on the schedule, even though the semifinals, it's going to be tough to tough to top that. Uh, but I did want to touch on uh, real quick um, some uh, or the draft order, which we knew we know the top 20 uh, now, uh, 21 through 32 will be figured out uh, at the, throughout the playoffs. Uh, after the first round next weekend, we'll know 21 through 24 and so on and so on. But the top 20 uh, is interesting with the Bengals and Redskins 1-2, um, you know, coming into week 17. The Lions still had a shot at uh, that that number two pick, but the Redskins uh, were not able to upset the Cowboys. So that kind of locked it in uh, with the Lions getting the third pick, the Giants at number four, Dolphins at number five. And, you know, I think the first reaction is to kind of look at, all right, where are these quarterbacks going to go? And you've got, uh, you know, Dolphins at five, Chargers at six. Two teams right there who could be in the mix for uh, maybe Tua, uh, you know, if, if Tua doesn't go in the top four. Um, and, you know, where does, uh, you know, what do the uh, Panthers do at seven, uh, you know, is if Cam Newton's no longer there? I think Kyle Allen has shown he's, um, you know, he's backup material. He's not a true NFL starter. So are they tempted by a Justin Herbert or someone else? Um, and then once you get into the teens, 13 and 14 uh, with the Colts and the Buccaneers, two teams that could be in the quarterback market. Uh, maybe even the Raiders at 12. Uh, you know, I think Derek Carr is, uh, you know, they're him and John Gruden. They're not 
you know, they're not getting divorced yet, but they may be, uh, you know, seeing counseling because they uh, they're close. <laughs> uh, so that, that yeah. the Raiders at 12 could be an interesting one. Um, so there's there's a lot of intrigue with with the top 20 now that it's official and, you know, where the quarterbacks are going to land in, the, in that in that mix. Well, and you mentioned, you know, we're assuming Cincinnati Burrow to Cincinnati's almost a, a done deal at this point yeah. uh four months out you know hopefully he stays healthy that whole time but then if you're washington um detroit the giants i mean you're sitting there one of those teams that maybe doesn't need a quarterback and you're certainly looking at miami's not just that five but they've got what 18 and something mm-hmm. in that mix and 21 right. to 30 oakland's got uh uh you said 12 they also got uh, 19, I think is where they landed with the bears pick. So those mm-hmm. are teams where, you know, if you're floating a top five pick and you're trying to weigh, you know, h- how far you want to drop, uh, certainly getting two first rounders back would, uh, sweeten the pot quite a bit. So, uh, that's a, a really interesting wrinkle to this year is that you have two teams that might be looking quarterback, don't have a top three pick, uh, but have those extra picks to sort of play with them. And, uh, you know, Miami's got extra ones, I think in day two as well. So, um, right. That's, uh, that's going to be really interesting to track and sort of leads back to where we started with the Jeffrey Okuda discussion. Like if you get Burrow off the board and chase young off the board, as we've been talking about a lot on here, like who's that number three guy is one of those quarterback. Is it Justin Herbert going to be there or Jordan love Tua? like, is one of those guys going to, emerge as the number three prospect in this class Derek Brown um one of those offensive tackles uh certainly even for Detroit I think would be an option uh up there um so yeah there's a a lot to still unpack here even though I I don't know what you make Joe Burrow 100% that number one pick but it feels like it's at least 98 to 99% uh at this point but a lot behind that that still needs to be worked out yeah, they'd be absolutely nuts to pass on Joe Burrow <laughs> with, uh, with everything that he's done. And, it, I mean, I'm not even going to mention the Ohio connection and, you know, that whole dynamic. Uh, but just everything that he's put on film this year, and I get it, he does not have a big-time arm. That is something that is that is not nitpicking. That is a legit, you know, weakness to his game. There are times where his deep ball kind of dies um, you know, it, it's it, he needs to be throwing in rhythm because uh, he does not have that elite arm strength. But everything else is outstanding. I mean, maybe the the athleticism is more, you know, good than great, and size probably more good than great. But everything else is exceptional, and that's how you win games in the NFL. At quarterback is you know with your mind, with your poise, with your confidence, um, and that that's something that you just. It's, it's, it's hard to find. And so they'd be crazy to pass on on Joe Burrow at one. And I think the Redskins would be crazy to pass on uh, Chase Young at two. Um, even though, you know, Ron Rivera coming in as a new head coach, traditionally a 3-4 guy, but, you know, it doesn't matter. You you draft Chase Young number two, and he fits into your system. And if he doesn't fit, then you need to change your system because he's just too good of a player um, to not be there. And so, yeah, it'll be interesting with the Lions at three. He's going to make your life... Uh, a little more interesting the next uh, few months <laughs> with uh, trade possibilities and you know uh, just all the different directions Detroit could go uh, with that spot. And speaking of the Senior Bowl, I think they're going to be 
joining Cincinnati as the other team coaching down there. Uh, unless nice. they kind of unexpectedly clean house, I guess, here. How other like everyone beyond Matt Patricia gets fired. I think that that's uh, going to be the staff. So, um, and that's a great opportunity. To to, yeah, yeah, for sure. If, I mean, who knows? Uh, I mean, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but uh, maybe they, they're coaching Justin Herbert and they fall in love with him. And, you know, they – uh, decide to take the quarterback of the future. I mean, I you just, you can't rule anything out. Um, and you know, there are just so many different dominoes to, to the draft process and everything that could happen. So, uh, could they fall in love with the guy at the senior bowl and maybe trade back a few spots? Um, because that's who they want. I mean, to having that opportunity is a big deal and something that could certainly benefit them. Um, one other thing before we, we sign off, um, it, the underclassmen, uh, if you want to see the, uh, uh, the updated tracker, uh, that's online on the athletic, um, under our NFL page, my count, we're up to 52, um, so far. So we're probably just around halfway to the total number, probably a little less than halfway, um, where, where we'll end up being, um, we'll almost surely hit triple digits. Um, a lot of, a lot of big names have yet to declare, uh, but a few interesting ones, you know, Jake Tate Dobbins declared yesterday, um, I think he's absolutely – he's one of the top three backs in this class. Um, you know, he's got a chance to be a first-round pick. C.D. Lamb uh, put his name in the mix. He's my wide receiver one, but, you know, I regardless, he'll be a top three wide receiver drafted. Um, it would be surprising if he wasn't. Um, a few other more recent ones. Matt Hennessy from Temple, who's also going to be at the Senior Bowl. Um, if uh, He could be the top center if uh, Cushenberry goes back, if – Humphrey from Oklahoma goes back. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if Hennessy's in that mix to be the first uh, uh, first center draft. This senior class of center is just not a great group, um, and so their senior bowls has to get some help from the these juniors with Hennessy and Keith uh, uh, Ismail from San Diego State going. So uh, that'll be interesting. Um, a few other uh, declared uh, recently: uh, Josiah Scott from Michigan State. Um, uh, that was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, just, uh, I think the biggest knock on him is size and obviously he's not going to get bigger next year. Um, you know, he's probably five ten, buck 75, but good speed, good ball skills. And so, um, I kind of understand why he came out because again, his deficiencies are areas where he's not really going to get better. Um, but it will be interesting to see him. Um, so any other juniors that maybe, uh, caught you out. One other guy I want to talk about, Marvin Wilson, Florida State. He's going back to yeah, school. Yeah, going back, right. So hit, that was a big surprise. Him and uh, uh, linebacker Dylan Moses going back to Alabama. So two big dominoes right there. Could have been first-round picks with Marvin Wilson, Dylan Moses, uh, deciding to go back to school. Yeah, and that, that was the one I was going to bring up, Marvin Wilson going back, because I think that is yeah. uh, big news, not just for the draft, but I'm sure Florida State fans are thrilled to hear that. Oh, um, yeah, it, it's it's Derek Brown. You know, he Derek Brown would have been a first-round pick if he came out last year. He decided to go back to Auburn, turn himself into, you know, almost a, a top-ten lock, and it could be a similar uh, path for Marvin Wilson. He would have been a first-round pick, could turn himself into a top-ten, top-15 lock with a, another big year. Uh, I mean, we spent so much time in Alabama. Dylan Moses uh, announced yeah. that he's going back. So another guy that will, um, you know, you would think be if he's healthy in the uh, first round discussion next year. Um, you mentioned uh, jo Josiah Scott from Michigan State. His teammate Cody White, the wide receiver, is still on the fence. You know that hmm. man. It's a tough wide receiver class to crack, <laughs> but that'd be another name uh, in the mix if he decides to go. 
Um, you know, obviously Michigan State's season done now. They won their bowl game. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think we've got a ton of names that uh, are really interesting. That there's a bunch of, as there always are, there's a bunch of running backs. With that, as we talked about, that class looks really good. The wide receiver class, uh, very interesting. There, I was trying to think. There was uh, one other. Oh, Curtis Weaver was the other one, um, mm-hmm. the guy that we've talked about before. Said he's going to go pro, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I like him a lot. Uh, he's not. Uh, I wonder, like you mentioned in, in your tracker, you know, not a high-end athlete, but that production's been there for him. Um, and I think certainly for a team that uh, needs some pass rushing help, he'll be uh, of value beyond round one. Um, so I saw he went uh, declared pretty recently here. So, But, yeah, if you want to uh, check out uh, Dane's underclassman tracker, as I mentioned, you can go to uh, theathletic.com slash prospects to pros and get 40% off uh, – little extra secret i guess if you're listening tuesday on the 31st if you go to any article on the athletic um you can get 50 percent off a subscription uh, so dane's uh at dp brugler you can find some links to his stuff on twitter i'm at chris burke nfl uh most of my stuff is uh lions or state of michigan related but uh it's there and then it'll get you to the athletic.com subscription page as well uh, again you get 50 percent off if you do that before the new year or you can go to our uh, our page prospects to pros and um, get 40% off at any point. And like I said, that gets you everything, including our second show of the week, uh, which is for subscribers only. So, um, and covered a lot of ground there. Anyone else, anyone else we forgot in the 45 minutes here? <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I mean, it's probably, <laughs> uh, I'm sure we did, but that's okay. We, uh, it, it's just kind of setting the table for what the draft process is going to be like. It's going to be hectic. It's going to be fun. So I'm, really looking forward to it it's hard to believe that this is the, the final day of 2019 so a lot of good things coming in 2020 yeah and like we said we got two weeks until the national championship game um <laughs> so we'll get back to that one uh we'll do some more recap with all these uh new year's eve new year's day bowls down the line too um so uh we'll wrap it up here for now lots more to talk about as we move forward even in, in bowl season and we appreciate uh you listening we appreciate those of you who have subscribed already uh follow us on twitter um, and again, one more time, I'll just plug at theathletic.com slash prospects to pros, 40% off that subscription. And we hope you'll uh, give us a chance here in 2020 if you haven't already. So uh, for our producer, Kent Garrison and Dane Brugler, I'm Chris Burke. Uh, Happy New Year, and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>